Hey everyone, welcome to the How They Made It podcast, the show that's dedicated to helping you make it in the world of fabrication. I'm your host, Jeremy Cross, and this episode, like all episodes, is brought to you by Sawblade.com. No middleman, no markup, no problem. Sawblade.com, go direct. Today I'm joined by Tyler Caton. Tyler is a welder and fabricator based just outside of Allentown, Pennsylvania. You can see his work on Instagram at ig 0 AT welding. That's I go at welding, but with the O as a zero. Tyler, man, how's it going? Thanks for coming Good. on. Good. How are you doing, man? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, great, great, great. Well, cool. Well, um, so usually kind of just like to start at the beginning. Um, you know, where did you uh, where'd you grow up and kind of what were you into as a kid? Uh well, uh kind of grew up in this area, Pennsylvania, eastern Pennsylvania. Um, kind of grew up like in the middle of uh kind of middle of the woods had a decent amount of property so I was always outside playing and stuff as a kid just you know normal like 90s kid stuff yeah Um, for sure you know before a little bit before we had the internet so someone had like a normal not surrounded by screens kind of childhood yeah yeah you're 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 like me kind of like last generation to uh, yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah a little bit um you know just hanging out with friends and you know doing stupid things that kids do you know, uh, we had a uh, we had a vine swing uh, in the middle of the woods, and our woods was down on a hill like this. So when you swung out, you were like twenty feet in the air. <laughs> a little dangerous, but eh. uh, most of the guy uh, I used to get Lego sets a lot when I was a kid, um, and kind of like build that stuff, put that stuff together. Uh, my dad, now he doesn't weld or fabricate, but he could pretty much build a house by himself. He knows how to do carpentry, plumbing, electrical, everything. So I really wish I would have paid attention more to him when I was a kid. Like I used to go on side jobs with him to help him out. But as I got older, I'm like, and have a house. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like, hey dad, can you come over and like do this with me? Um, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm like, I should have paid attention. Um, as a kid, so like I kind of had like that like blue collar background, but uh, right out of high school, I wanted to be a history teacher. Actually, what made you want to teach history? Um, really good at history as like a kid, um, and like you know, an AP class stuff. I was interested in like where people came from and how societies grew, and you know, kind of where we came from as just human beings is like very interesting to me, and um. I don't know. I had a really awesome uh, history teacher in high school that I got along phenomenally with, and he was a really good mentor, and that kind of inspired me to want to, like, okay, maybe I want to do this as, like, a career. And, like, one of the things uh, we can talk about a little later, too, is, um, you know, like, my issue with, like, um, our whole school system right now, like, especially, like, our generation, I don't know how it is now, but it's, like, pushed. You got to do well in high school so you can go to college and get a degree, and, 80% 80% of my friends that went to school don't have jobs in the fields they have degrees in and they are 30, 50, 60, $70,000 in debt with a useless piece of paper. And, you know, that really turned me off. And then when I started looking into what it takes to become a teacher and then look at what jobs are actually available in the area, I'm like, oh, there's literally no work. So that turned me off from it. And I got a job at Mack Trucks um, a little bit after and worked there and that's kind of when I got my like first you know real like quote unquote fabrications production line but you know you're still getting your hands dirty and that kind of gave me a uh, mechanical sense um so that kind of started the journey there 
Very cool. Yeah, man, you were um, definitely the the smart one. I have so many friends that are in in the the same boat that yeah took out those student loans, and it's just yeah you, you don't realize there's not that you know there's no work. Yeah, it doesn't exist. So that that whole structure of our school system, I think, is it's not correct and not everyone's like a cookie cutter that you can just shape them to be, you know, part of society in that way, because I don't think college is always the option. I mean, I have never ever been without, since I've been welding, I've never gone a week without getting another job. If we got laid off or if I wanted to leave a job, I've never, within a week I had a new job. So I've never gone hungry. Yeah. And that, and that, and that's crazy. Cause I, you know, like, uh, I mean, you think about like, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, just the states up, up in there, you know, Rust Belt area with, you know, some of like, oh, you know, is manufacturing like moving out of that place? Like it's, it sounds like from your perspective, like there's probably more demand there than there are. There's, there's a position. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, down South, uh, there's definitely heavier welding, um, way more jobs down South. It's just, that's kind of the way it is, but there's plenty of jobs up here to do. I mean, I've, uh. We can go into like my like career experience and uh, welding kind of happened as an accident and we can talk about that too. Um, but I also did, I did go to welding school itself. So I do have like a proper education on, you know, the field itself outside of just job experience. Some people go to school, some people just learn and they just have experience and you know, it is what it is. Um, I think it's better to have both. So you have technical knowledge about what's going on. It helps you better understand what you're doing. And how to do things properly, especially if you're going by code. Um, a job, the job I work now, we're a job shop, so like I don't, my certifications don't matter. We don't take on jobs where that's a factor, but some jobs it matters, and you know we can talk about that too. Yeah, totally. Well, well, take me through. Okay, so so at Mac, and then you decide to leave that. Like, where do you go from there? I got laid off, so they hired about 300 people, and kept them for about six months and then just laid everyone off before you get in the union because they're unionized. So like, all right, well, what do you do? So I went on unemployment and I was only 21 at the time. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I want to do with my life. And, you know, I think that's the other thing is they expect you right out of high school to know what you want to do the rest of your life. And I think that's ridiculous because you're too young and you haven't actually experienced life to really know what you want to do. And, you know, like people bounce around majors all the time, but, um, I was on unemployment. So unemployment, uh, sent me this thing that I had to go to this, um, this program they had for like job searching and job placement, like people get random, randomly selected. So, cause you also had to fill out applications while on unemployment cause you have to prove you're trying to get unemployment and not just ride the free wave. So I was like, all right, I'll go check it out. So it was this big seminar and then they put you with a um, career advisor and I started talking to him, like, what do you want to do? Uh, you know, what experience and stuff? And I'm like, I actually want to, I want to go back to school. I told him I welded it for about four years and um, I wanted to learn more. I did all TIG welding there um, out of like the four like main processes. There's a ton of different processes and procedures and stuff like that. But MIG, TIG, flux core, and stick are like your four like main processes, especially that you'll learn in like a average school. So I did all um, TIG welding on stainless steel, all pharmaceutical and food grade um, type stuff. Uh, but I got laid off from there uh, because we lost some big contracts. Um, that was after Mac trucks. Um, 
and then um you know yeah that's that's more correct uh, not even remember my own history properly yeah so from mac trucks with experience i went there worked there so i was on employment after mac then i got a job there and my buddies worked there and i worked there for about four years that's actually the more interesting part of how i got into welding because that job is how i got into welding but um so let's let's start there that'll make more sense for the story and it's, i think it's more important to how i got this career so i just worked as a fabricator there um building uh, these machines the company was called abec and we built bio uh, pharmaceutical react bioreactors and harvesters um i used to travel all around the country i traveled to different countries to work do installs um retrofits stuff like that um it's all stainless steel framing piping um tubing and everything had to be perfect uh aesthetics were really important to the company and the, we're working, we were working in Switzerland. So this is what the downfall of the company started to happen. We had a big job in Switzerland for a company called Biogen. And what we did there was the machines were for a um, drug that rem remove and prevent the plaque building up on your brain that they believe calls Alzheimer's. Um, so it's pretty heavy stuff. So I'd go to Switzerland on and off uh, for like a month at a time. And it was really inefficient there, the way they ran it. What would have taken me four hours in the shop took me a week to get done there because you had to walk a quarter mile just to go down to our little shop setup to get any material anything you needed tools so and there was a lot of communication errors there were about 80 other contractors on site from all around europe so it was a lot of like language barriers like trying to communicate with people um so it's it a very rich experience and i got a really good a lot of fabrication experience but um, they ended up, uh, losing out the other half of the job and then they lost a, a contract in India and they just started mass laying off people. We had a, a company in Ireland and we also had a sister company in uh, Springfield, Missouri, and they laid everyone off. So that's kind of how I got on unemployment. Um, but prior to that, I worked there for about the first two years fabricating. Um, and then afterwards, uh, they hired back a guy, his name was Denny. Uh, older guy he started when the company first started when they were small they needed a welder to come back on second shift that really knew what he was doing knew the company so they called him and had him come back so when you're welding um cuts and fit up is really important because like okay you can see on instagram post really pretty welds but i'm telling you right now not every weld i do is that pretty or aesthetically pleasing because you're going to get bad fit ups and that's going to cause a lot of issues when you start to go to weld it and things don't always look pretty but as long as it doesn't have discontinuities and it's a proper weld and it holds that's going to be good enough and a lot of the time for most people that's kind of what it's going to be and where your seal cap's going to be if that's where you know you hold your standard to and a lot of companies sometimes care more about production speed than they do the quality of the look of something or aesthetics of something so you know that's a whole other conversation but uh, he came back and uh, he liked the way I cut my brackets and frames because everything fit really tight and accurately. So I cut a bunch of frames for him. So I'd be back with him all the time and I'd be on the bandsaw cutting stuff. And I would just kept asking him welding questions. I was interested in it. And I'm just like, oh, you know, what's, you know, this do and why do you do this? And then uh, we, since we ship things in, out internationally, we had these big, um, uh, this big scale for measuring these huge boxes and we had to build a new base for it so we got three eighths by uh, 12 foot by i think three foot plates and we had to weld them together now you can't take weld them it's not going to run hard enough so we stick weld them because it's structural weld um and he let me try a downhill stick weld. now downhill is the easiest position because gravity helps the puddle flow um because you're basically working with melting uh, molten metal when you're welding 
So uh, he was impressed. He was like, wow, that's impressive. I've never welding before. So I had a really cool supervisor at the time. And I asked him, hey, can I learn how to weld? And he's like, I don't have a problem. He's like, I'll have to ask Denny if he'll train you. I'm like, okay. Denny liked me, so he agreed. So I, he taught me how to uh, TIG weld. And it was on like really high grade stuff. The uh, biogen job was a billion dollar job. Yeah. So like, this is like serious high-end fabrication work and welding work. So it was like a jumping, you know, straight into the lion's den as far as like high-end welding goes. But I mean, so that was pretty neat. And then we're working in Switzerland and then they lost the other half of that company. And then they just mass laid people off. I got caught in that layoff. And that's when the whole unemployment thing happened there when I went back on unemployment. And then I got put into that, uh, program and got an advisor and then they told me hey uh we have this program where you can get a state grant to go to back to school so you're more hireable i'm like really so i had to take it took me about five months to get the grant because i had to take a bunch of tests i had to go to a bunch of classes and get signed off they don't just give the money away which it's it should be earned so i did that for about five months while on unemployment and you know worked really hard at it passed everything got everything and then i got a max grant of ten thousand dollars to go to school so I paid a thousand dollars out of pocket to go to welding school. So I have no school debt and I went to welding school. I took their 900 hour combo course, which teaches you your four basic um, positions on plate and different joints and then uh, all the processes and then also pipe welding with stick and pipe welding with TIG. And I took the whole combo course and they also had blueprint reading classes and like math classes and metallurgy classes and stuff like that, along with the actual in shop work. So that's kind of what got me started in my career. So it was all a stroke of dumb luck. Yeah, that's awesome. How long did, did welding school take you and, and like how, how difficult was that? Um, I found it pretty easy because I already had four years experience TIG welding. So I kind of understood. Now, some positions are a lot harder like verticals, a lot harder than, you know, if you're running flat because you're working against gravity and the way you set your machine and what electrodes you use or, you know, if you're using MIG or a flux core, how you set your wire speed and stuff like that, it's going to really matter on how, you know, your puddle turns out, how the joint turns out, or even what kind of joint your welding thickness or material is going to all change and change your settings and what kind of wire or electrode you need to use to properly do the weldment. Um, so essentially uh, they start you with stick and it was funny because uh, I was working at a tower shop when I first started school. Like the first week in school, I got a job at this tower shop building like big, um, big towers for like electrical. Uh, like uh, we have PPL here, which is our electric company. So all their lines and wires and everything, you know, not like there's wooden street ones, but huge, massive metal ones. Uh, we would weld those, um, weld brackets on them, flanges and stuff like that. We had what's called a sub arc welder that ran the seams. Um, that's like more of an automated like process that you run through it, uh, dumps flux on top of the weld and protects it, um, from atmospheric gases. Otherwise you'll get a uh, discontinuity known as porosity, which is atmospheric gases entering the uh, weld puddle and putting basically all these pinholes in it, which is a weak weld because it doesn't have enough material there. Um, so that's kind of how that works and stick works in a similar way, uh, where it's covered in a flux that creates a smoke pocket that protects the arc, which is why like outside welding and stuff like that, you'll see they'll use a stick a lot, especially in construction and whatnot, because you don't have to worry about your shield and gas getting blown away with the other, like the other processes. Flux core also there's dual shield, which uses gas and then there's inner shield, which does not use gas and has flux inside of it because flux core is actually a tubular wire. So it works in the same way where it creates a smoke pocket. So like I learned a lot of that stuff and processes in school. School wasn't super hard because 
I had a welding job throughout all of school. So I started out, it took me a little longer to finish school because of that, but I had real world experience prior. And then I worked at that tower shop for about four months. I, I almost got killed actually. Um, yeah, I was welding, uh, it was about a 30 foot pole and about 60 inch diameter. I was welding this big flange on, we would do uh, four passes, uh, fillet passes on it. And, uh, then they would, um, you know, they would test it and make sure there's nothing inside the weld and, you know, any sharp edges or if there's slag inclusion, uh, if there's any kind of, you know, resistance or, you know, any kind of weight, uh, welds will typically crack on a sharp surface. If there's any kind of sharp edges or anything inside the weld, it'll weaken it and that's where it's going to crack and the weld will fail, which could be detrimental. So, um, I was welding and there was a bracket on there and the buck hit the bracket and the pole came up off the buck, the turn buck and swung. Thank it swung away from me. But if it would have swung towards me, if it would have popped this way, it would have killed me. And, uh, like uh, I tell a lot of people, like there's a lot of good welding jobs out there, but there's a lot of, especially for like kids coming out of school and stuff like that. You might work a lot of crap welding jobs. Cause there's any company anywhere. There's companies that they don't run their company properly. And that's, it's just, it is what it is. So it's not like, Oh, this is like a great career anywhere you go. Cause it's not like it's, that's reality. That's life. But there are a lot of good shops out there. There's a lot of good experience you can gain from those things. So I worked there for about four months. And when that happened, I was like, I'm no more like, I don't, I don't trust it. Their equipment was, their cranes were all broken. Uh, our supervisor got his leg crushed because the crane didn't stop and it came down and a pole crushed his leg. So like that, that was kind of it for me. And then I got a job at this uh, valve shop building all kinds of custom valves and stuff like that. Um, so that was a, that was a really neat experience because you'd literally get a print your material and then you would just go and you would do everything yourself, all the fitting, all the fabrication, all the drilling, fit up everything like that so that was a lot of fun and that gave me more experience um on top of that and we did all flux core there i was a little bit of tig on like some of the stainless stuff where we couldn't get spatter inside of it because um you get spatter which is like um basically cold uh rolled up balls of from the arc and it spits off and then it'll it's hot enough that it'll fuse the material and then that can cause issues too especially if you're powder coating or what and you those will fall off and then it could rust through because it's exposed bare metal then but um so some stuff we would take where it'd be machined or whatever, and we'd take weld it. Um, so I worked at the valve shop the entire time through school. So it took me about a little over a year to get 900 hours done because I would literally get up, go to work, get to work at seven, uh, work all day, go to school till nine o'clock at night. And that was my schedule for like an entire year. So it was like long days, but well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so then after uh, the the tower shop there, then kind of where did you where'd you go and what'd you do? Uh, that's when I went to the valve shop. I uh, left there and then I went and I looked for a job and then I got into the valve shop. Um, and the machinist that actually interviewed me was friends of my dad. They used to build fences together back in their twenties. Uh, he looked at my last name and he was like, he's like, is uh, John King your dad? I'm like, yeah, actually. And he's like, I'm friends with your dad. So like that got me in like instantly. Um, but then, uh, yeah, then after, uh, after that job, um, they, it was a fun job. Like the work was good, but the company was ran like it was in the seventies. And this is what I'm talking about. Like there's some bad companies out there and you're going to find issues throughout your entire career, no matter where you work, where you're going to have incompetent people running that. And you're just going to have to deal with that. But like I said, you can go, you can travel, you can go anywhere with a job. Like I'll talk to people on Instagram, like students uh, will actually reach out to me, which 
I think is wild that social media has given me any of these opportunities of talking to people. And like, I've learned a lot from other people on social media because I am certainly not an expert at everything in welding and neither is anyone else because there's so many different fields you can go into with the career itself, which is why I think it's such a good career. Like I said, I've never been without a job with more than a week since I've been welding, which is, it's just great. It's great for financial stability. And I've always moved up in my career. Uh, as far as pay, benefits, and work conditions, I've always been able to move up. I don't know if I'm lucky, but it's really nice to be able to have that security of a skilled trade because you're always going to be needed. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like my like ideology on that. Yeah, that's a great, great philosophy. So, so you mentioned that you were at, you're at a job shop now. Like, what do you guys primarily do there? Anything, anything. Uh, nice, nice. Um, if you go on my Instagram, you can see all the different work we do. We do get some repeat jobs. Obviously we have a core group of customers that like to use us for their stuff, but, uh, we have a fiber laser, um, which we use to cut a lot of our material. Um, and then we have a brake press, which we use for bending and forming different stuff. We get a lot of, uh, a lot of like sheet metal, uh, forms and stuff like that. You know, anything from shelves to boxes, electrical boxes. I did a job where I'd made... I think 180 uh, covers for a uh, company for to cover their train electrical boxes because they were going to upgrade the new trains, but their new trains didn't meet the code. But the old trains from back, I forget, like the trains were like really old. They needed to cover the electrical equipment up, so I made all these boxes for them to just cover the equipment. So like, you know, random stuff like that. Um, I built uh, tattoo stand chairs for this guy. Uh, that he sells. Um, I just got done with a job where I made uh, 30 custom bumpers for these off-road Toyota trucks. So I've done stuff like that. I've done stuff for, uh, we do a lot of work for a guy that uh, makes designings for uh, telecom companies. Um, so that'll range from big poles to, you know, small brackets and like stuff like that. So it's a whole wide range of work, but anything we can take in that is worth us doing and that we can do efficiently and make a money off it, we'll take the job because it, why not? We're only, yeah. And we're only an eight man operation and the guy running it, he was an engineer at, I said about PPNL before his electric company. He was actually an engineer there and uh, he's only 34 years old and he's only had the shop for three years, but he has really nice equipment. He's not afraid to spend money on nice equipment. He's not afraid to you know, spend money to pay his employees, you know, what a skilled tradesman's worth being paid. Um, Cause like, so when I said about that, where I was traveling overseas and all that and working on that high, the billion dollar job, guess how much money I was making an hour, 15 an hour. But I was an experience. I didn't know any better, but that's, that's what I'm talking about. So you get that where you're working for this multi-million dollar company and they don't want to pay you anything. So like, you know, you're, people are going to see that too. And it's really unfortunate, but it happens. And uh, things are better now because that was back in 2014. Um, so that was a long time ago. So obviously pay has scaled up. I mean, you can work at Amazon now and make more money than that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so long term, any ambitions to, uh, to start your own shop? Like, are you happy kind of, kind of the role that you're at right now? Like, um, you... yeah. So I, I, uh, I manage like the jobs in the well shop right now. Cause we, we do powder coating. Um, we also make up uh, aluminum flowers. Uh, we have two welders. It's me. And then we have a girl, she's a year out of school, but she is phenomenal in anything I've showed her. She just gets it instantly. Um, so women, don't be afraid to get into the field either. But um, 
she does a lot of uh, we make these uh, aluminum flowers and like powder coat them and stuff and they're really pretty all kinds of different stuff uh, it's aluminumflowers.com if anyone ever wants to check that out you know it's great mother's day's gifts valentine's day's gifts uh, but we just kind of slowed down on that a little bit. Uh, we're getting more into doing fabrication because he literally started doing just the flowers out of his garage. Um, so, and now he's built this business, um, which is amazing. We're doing full back crazy fabrication work, but, um, yeah, for ambitions for me, I actually, last week I just ordered a, um, Everlast, uh, 255 EXT welder. I ordered a weld table and a bunch of racks and stuff to organize my garage, um, so actually later today, I'm going to set my table up and I didn't get the welder yet, but I'm going to set my table up and, you know, kind of get set up and, you know, do what I need to do uh, to kind of get ready to set up my own home shop because I get asked to do side work all the time or like uh, people have asked me for private lessons and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, I could feasibly do that. But like for future ambitions, um, I'm pretty damn comfortable I am right now with this company. Um, I love working for him and with him and having like a say in the projects we do. And the whole environment isn't like a boss employee relationship. It doesn't feel like that, like where you see at most corporate companies. So I like really appreciate that. Uh, we can talk openly, um, but you know, I definitely want to take on side work. And uh, eventually I want to be uh, an instructor um, and teach people because I just, I. And I want to go to like high schools and get kids interested and like doing this as a career and like tell my story kind of like I told you a short version of kind of what we're you know, going on. But I kind of want to explain that like, listen, this is what you can do with your life. If you're really interested in like building stuff and like, like I said, I don't know everything. No one in this career knows everything about their, you know, that there is to do. I mean, it's lots of possibilities if you're willing to move somewhere or take travel jobs you can make over a hundred thousand dollars a year easily if you take a traveling job you know so like there's good opportunities out there and like i said it's a skilled trade the work's always going to be needed so um that's kind of where i'm going now I actually uh, earlier today i had a uh, interview with weld.com to be a host on there um so uh yeah it was kind of interesting like setting that up and like talking to them um so i'm in the midst of doing that and um you know, that's, that's kind of exciting too. And it's crazy because I got a host referral via Instagram. And I'm like, I'm like, I never thought me just posting like pictures of my work on Instagram and like just networking with people would start to lead to like this kind of stuff. So it's, it's a little wild for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that, I mean, that's a, that's a great thing. Like kind of last question, you've obviously had a ton of success in this field. You, you know, you have, you have a passion for, for teaching the next generation. Is there something you've learned or do you have like a key piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's maybe kind of just starting out who would want to follow kind of in your footsteps uh, in the future? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, um, networking has been the biggest thing for me. Um, like talking to people. I've talked to students via Instagram that are in welding school right now. And hey, what other welding school should I go to? Like they're still in high school. What welding school should I go to? What should I, you know, what should I plan to do? Um, so, you know, I would say like, start talking to people that have been in the game for a little while. So to say, uh, where you see their posts, where they know what they're doing. Cause you know, like any trade, there's really good tradesmen and then there's, you know, mediocre tradesmen where they're okay, but they're not extremely knowledgeable. So I've noticed a lot of people on like social media are really 
accepting to talk to people and talk to you. And like, I've had a lot of conversations with people. I'm actually, um, I'm sponsored by uh, Edge Welding Cups, which are glad they make glass cups. Um, so like a lot of the guys that are sponsored there, we all talk to each other in a group chat all the time and like share ideas or, hey, what are you working on this week? So ultimately like networking or like talk to your teachers, talk to your instructors, go take a tour at a welding school and see what their program's about and what are they gonna offer you uh, do they have job placement? Are they going to help you get into a career? You know, that kind of stuff um, to really kind of get started and also really listen to people and, you know, when they're trying to explain and teach you, but also make sure that their teaching is well measured and correct because there's a lot of people that teach you stuff that isn't, it's not right. And I see that a lot. I've worked jobs like that. Um, before I worked at this job shop, I used to build, um, structural like buildings and galvanized paneling stuff like that so i worked a um a weekend shift there but i was a lead on that shift it started with four guys and we had 20 and i trained all 16 of the guys we hired um and only nine of those 16 actually knew how to really weld prior so i had to teach them how to like actually run a mig and you know stuff like that so you know, make sure the people you're talking to are proper. Like I got lucky with Denny when I first started, a very experienced, you know, guy in his fifties who really knew how to do his job and was good at it. Um, so, you know, kind of do that and be very open to criticism because you're going to suck at first. You're just going to suck at it. It's not easy at all. And it's, it gets very complicated when you start getting into, you know, material position settings, what electric to use, what wire size to use, what wire to use, and like stuff like that, where you kind of like fine tune it and learn it over time. I was gonna say, never, never be afraid to uh, to suck at something new. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. that's definitely one of the biggest things. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, cool. Well, so so people can find you if they want to get in touch. Uh, best way: Instagram, uh, IG zero at welding. Um, Man, well, thank you so much for being on. This has been absolutely fantastic. It's f flown by uh, completely. But man, excited to uh, to uh, see more of your work and uh, you know all the cool stuff that you have uh, have lined up, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, if anyone that listens to this wants to reach out and talk about welding or learn, I'm more than happy to help you. All right, man. Thanks so much for having me. You bet, man. Thank you. And want to thank everybody else for uh, for listening here as well. Be sure to follow sawblade.com on all the uh, the major social channels uh, there as well. Be sure to uh, like, comment, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll see ya.